For as long as I've known the NBA, it's been a stars league. But even among the stars, there's an exclusive club. Russell, Dr. J, Jordan, Kobe. They're all part of a select group that paved the way for the NBA superstar of today. And some even shared secrets with each other along the way. From Spotify and the Ringer Podcast Network, I'm Jackie McMullen, and this is the Icons Club. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts, from superchargers and brakes to exhaust kits and beyond, eBay Motors levels your baby up to its peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Salutations, people, and welcome back to the Mac Mania podcast. Evan Mac here, Flowboat Boys, Brian yep. Age Waters. What up? Real Jack Farmer. Don't forget, don't hey, forget hey, hey. Jack Farmer. Listen, I'm all listening. If y'all listen to me right now, I don't know if you can hear through the cosmic waves. You know what I mean? I got a little stardust makeup on right now. You know why? Because I'm trying to speak this in existence. Brian H. Waters ain't with it right now. He ain't with it on the podcast. <laughs> the first thing he sees when I popped up with the stardust makeup on is, why you want stardust so bad? I go, who the hell don't, Brian Waters? Who the hell don't want stardust? Look at this. Brian, clip, clip this out. Stardust, Cody Rhodes, I don't give a damn if you come back, but if you come back, you better come back like this. You better come back with this exact get up on right now. You did, listen, the most underrated superstar the last 20 years, Stardust. Did y'all appreciate Stardust when he was there? Just because you got Cody's exact wrestling acumen (laughs) with a little bit of wrinkles. You got, look like this, you get Cody Rhodes plus Stardust. What the hell you want, Brian? Do you see- I know that- I know that Cody Rhodes is supposed to be the one that comes back, the one we that we know. That's what that's supposed to happen, but I'd be lying if I said I wouldn't get a little giddy if I saw Stardust come out. <laughs> He's like dragged on Twitter, man. He could come out there and beat Roman Reigns, but someone's like, oh, he came back to wear Stardust paint again? Boo. Exactly. <laughs> uh, exactly. Look, here's the thing, right? When you what's think up, what's about up, what's up, what's up? Cody Rhodes from the beginning, mm-hmm. yes, and you guy. think about legacy, right? There was him and Ted DiBiase, and everybody thought, you know, one of them was going to be a star, you know, what, which, no matter which side mm-hmm. you was on. But everybody thought, oh, yeah, these guys are the future. The same way when we saw first laid our eyes on Randy Orton. That's the reason why it made sense. He was with them. They was with him. Now, he didn't wear knee pads. So I wasn't a fan, personally. That was so weird. So oh, weird. Yeah. yeah. Such a weird yeah. It, not, it, does not okay. eye, it does hit the eyes wrong. Like, Big E, what are you doing, man? Knee pads. I'm like, what are you doing, bro? But the night of Survivor Series, 2011, I remember that. It was the last shout-out to him. Rest in peace to my uncles. The last Survivor Series we watched together. Cody came out with that white Intercontinental Championship belt. My favorite. And he had the knee pads on. He looked like a main eventer, but it just seemed like for some reason he couldn't get over the hump. And it felt like Stardust was just a gimmick. I'm going to go back and watch mm. WrestleMania 32. But then what when he dis- left. Oh, I hate that word. But, but look, <laughs> when he left, right? And he went and he became the NWA World's Champion. And he was wrestling all over the world. He looked like a guy that is somebody that has millions of people 
on the internet, chanting his names, thousands of people in the arena yelling, Cody, Cody. That's who I want to see. I don't want to see Stardust. Leave that to Evan Mack. Let Evan Mack come as Stardust. This is the problem. Anybody that knows me at this point, or they should know me, clearly I'm joke. Clearly this is a joke. No, because you and Shoemaker was both no, on no. here rooting for Stardust, and no, Shoemaker course, came with the music. I, of course I want it, and I want the music to drop today. But you don't get everything you want. <laughs> It would be totally wrong. Like I said, I agree in principle and in every way really with what Brian's saying. Yes. But like I said, there'd be that one moment of <laughs> if he came back Can I get my giggle on? Can he at least drop that banger track by the great Jim Jock? He dropped that banger track and then come out and be like, kick rocks, this is over forever. No, but like, let's be, let's be, let's be oh, real. See, hey, see that's what I'm scared like, of. This, this is my <laughs> that is going to happen for like real <laughs> because you pushing for it. That's why I'm nervous, Evan. That you, you guys want to your seven influence. In WW. You got to uh, yeah. It's existence. just like his brother, David Seven. Yeah, that's yeah. The no, but, but on, on, a, on a serious note, this is this is what this is what my problem is. See, this is what my problem is. But as we do the, this, this kind of like a round the horn small talk before we get into the nitty gritty of this podcast, like the, the, I, I didn't need Cody to go to AEW. I didn't need a, all this 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 rebranding, reinvention, all this foolishness. All, all, a lot of people like they have the little chest puffed out now, like they like Cody. I like Cody since day one. As soon as I found out who Cody Rose's daddy was, I was in. I didn't need anything. Mm. I knew, I knew what he was gonna bring to the table. So I like how everyone acts like Cody Rose had to get better in AEW. Cody Rose has been good since since he's been in the in the business. It's not, it's not my, it's not my fault. Every single thing he won, if you want to use the word gimmick, every single gimmick he had in the WWE, he mm. made work. He 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 made it work. It's not my fault that certain people talk about certain situations and who gets the brass ring or who gets to go here and who gets to do this and who gets to do that. At the end of the day, he didn't get pushed. But I'm telling you right now, he's one. He was a, one of the better intercontinental champions because what can he do? He can wrestle. He can talk mm -hmm. on the mic. He's a good ambassador to the game. He's a good he, his his mind. He's a good wrestling mind. I didn't need all this foolishness in AEW. With all due respect to everyone that's like acting like he got his you know he got his payday now because of <sighs> AEW. But I yeah. didn't need that Cody Rose to show me that Cody Rose is great at all. I, I understand that, man. And I wasn't, I would say I was on day two, right? I wasn't like, I wasn't Which is, hard. See, that's better than some people acting like he, this dude was trash when he was at WWE. Well, I, I liked it. I didn't like him when he was with uh, Hardcore Holly, but the dashing stuff, the solo stuff, that it was, was great. good. Rogue man. Scholars was great. But I, you can't cut discount the Japan era of his career. No, no, like, see, but you don't say AEW. No, says ADW. I didn't say, J like, yeah. Japan is to me is where some of the all-time greats cut their teeth. They okay. said AJ Styles wasn't even ready to be in WWE. He, he'll even tell you he wasn't. He went to Japan, he told him to a whole different person. I don't even, mm -hmm. you notice I don't mention anything in Japan. Every wrestler is better when they go to the Japan and leave Japan. Every single one and everyone that knows, they know. Everyone gets better with that Japanese strong style, and so, so I'll let you continue. But I don't. I'm. Ne I'll never discount what he did in Tokyo. Can I, can I those, also? Oh no, go finish your thought. Flubber. I was going to say it's one of those things that even though the WWE gave the platform and he was good, we all like it. I think that that was really important. Like now, it's like next level. Cody is one of the greats. Even though you saw it day one or day two, I think now when you have that crossover appeal, that seasoning, everyone says. I mean, we, we benefit everybody. And just because I already can hear the arguments on Twitter and everyone discussing this, what Evan is saying, I believe, and Evan, correct me if I'm wrong, is Cody didn't need this. Yes, I think it's helped him. Yes, it's proven that he can be that guy. But what Evan is saying is he was that guy before this. So 100%. he didn't need it. 100%. But it certainly Whoa. helps. It certainly has shown he can be the guy. There it certainly go. proved he can be the I guy. Bet. But he was, there he was there before he did it. 
Look at Jack Farmer over here translating Evan Mack. You know what I mean? That's gonna be one of <laughs> that's gonna be on the very, very bottom, bottom rung of the membership of Rosetta Stone. It's gonna be Evan Mack language. <laughs> right. It's, With it's, my just, face it's a bunch of it's, it's, it's a bunch of gibberish that you gotta decipher, like hieroglyphics. And Jack said, look what I'm so for all the haters out there that act like they, they, I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. If you guys haven't heard uh, my tone and my demeanor over the, the past um 31, 32 episodes, I like to have fun on this podcast. But guys, when I get the tone real low, like I just did. I know what the hell I'm talking about. I've been watching this mm -hmm. shit since I was seven years old. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I know what I'm. I know what I'm talking about, guys. And I know it's twenty I love, years I know, now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wish it was twenty years. I wish it was. Evan Mack, what was your first I'm WrestleMania the, I'm the, I'm the memory? Guy, I'm, the, I'm the guy that used to harass his poor mother for a damn wrestling magazine with pictures and pull out posters. What y'all know about that young whippersnappers? What y'all know about them pull out posters? Them WWF multiple. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. multiple like, magazines like, too in the grocery store, not so just WWF. So like I said, so. so so shout out to Cody for proving his worth and earning his value and finding who he's going to be and yada, yada, yada. And I do believe this is a better time for him. But I'm all, what I'm trying to say is the people that know, the real ones know. And I'm not saying y'all thought I didn't know. The real ones know that, oh, this dude can go. This, this dude can go. He's, he's, he, like I said, his, his father taught him the business. His brother taught him the business. He, 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 can, he can go and he knows what he needs to do now. Which if, you, if people like the American Nightmare version better, like, or it's, it's, that's fine. What 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 he what I what I think his legacy in AEW is gonna be is more so um how he kind of upset the apple cart, you know what I mean? I don't think people are gonna go crazy about a lot of his matches, you know. I love I love the match with his brother on, on, night, yeah. on night one. That 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 was everything to me watching that live and live changes you. Live is almost not. Fair. Oh, you was there. Yeah. Oh, bro, I was very mm -hmm. fortunate. I was very fortunate, man. I, re I really was. We were in Vegas. I was I was very fortunate to be there. That's one of my Barry favorite Bloom. matches. Um, Barry Bloom um got us me and wifey tickets and we were sitting there and and th th this is what I'm trying to say. Live is almost not fair because live you're caught up in all the emotion and the fans and the fan base and, and it's almost not a real gauge truly because it's everything is dope live, man. It just is, yeah. man. My, mm -hmm. my, my exact thing is anybody that talks about wrestling or makes fun of wrestling or says wrestling's fake or yada, 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 I challenge them to go to a wrestling show live and then have that same opinion after they leave. But with I, all I, due I, respect, I, they just don't. We're old enough to remember when the TV show was a draw to get you to an advertisement to get you to the live events. You know, WWF Superstars was just a that little was my, taste. That was my stuff. Just to get you there. Because remember, you didn't see the guys like Hogan on there defending the mm, WWF Championship because they mm -hmm. wanted you to come to the show. So we're old enough. And I always tell people, you know, it's just like with WrestleMania, you got to experience it live. You know, you got to. That, that's, that's what I say. And I, and I say that about most sports for the people that say baseball is boring. I say, go see it live. For mm -hmm. people that say hockey is boring, go see hockey live. Mm -hmm. Hockey is like nothing you've ever seen before. I just think certain experiences are better live. So like I said, I, I think with Cody, um, his legacy in AEW, to me, is just upsetting the apple cart and setting up people. And I know Jericho had a big hand in that too. And I know Tony Khan had a big hand in that too. But I, but I just want to give him his flowers and not poo-poo his run at AEW. Even though all the people out there are all going to be in their feelings. If that music drops at Mania, <laughs> that music drops on Monday. Listen, I've been holding, I'm, I'm going to let y'all know on something, full disclosure. Y'all know we're doing this podcast, but I'm going to let y'all something know something personal. There's some personal information on Evan Mack. I've been waiting for a while to like let off on like AEW fans. You know, oh, about no. Like, like a ha-ha, hee-hee, ho-ho kick rocks type thing. And I've been so nice and cordial and trying to be that guy that's like, I love all products, which I very well do. Careful now. Do you know how, oh, everybody can kick rocks. You know how I like this. <laughs> 
Every, like, on a serious note, bro, like for real, like you know how happy I'll be if that music drops. That is like one of the biggest like FUs of that company. It really is. We can, we can just gloss over this all we want. If this dude, people, why are we acting like this ain't the biggest deal in like the last decade? If Cody Rhodes comes back to WWE at WrestleMania, what the, are you? Everyone's like, meh. I go, you guys, no, it's, boy. It's going to be one you, of the biggest things in wrestling. It's huge. You, it's are huge. Are you kidding me? There yeah. was a point I never, ever, and everyone's like, never say never in wrestling. I go, yeah, in that case, yeah, I was pretty close to never. I was, pretty, I was pretty close to never. If that man comes back, I don't care what it is, and he comes back and has a match, but I don't give a damn who it is. I don't care if he fights it's, a cardboard box. It'll be lit. <laughs> I think it's bigger than Eric Bischoff coming to WWE. That's a big right. statement. Explain because, yourself, please. Because Cody Rhodes can wrestle, with, with all respect to Eric Bischoff. I think the character was big. That's a, that's I think a it was great, a big um, moment, but... That's Cody Rhodes poll. can still wrestle. Cody That's Rhodes a great can poll still question. That's a poll be question right there, in the main man. event of WrestleMania where Eric Bischoff never could. I think this is a huge thing for WWE. And I've said from the beginning, I've said it every single time something like this comes up, I love it when the companies take shots at each other. So I like seeing this as well. I can't wait. I hope his music comes on. All, all Stardust stuff aside, I want his song Kingdom to play. I want it to be a big deal. To play. Then start like, start <laughs> then, that's that's his victory music. Start you know what would be the <laughs> ultimate cliffhanger on the Raw after Mania? If Cody shows up at the ten fifty hour, and all of a sudden he's talking, and then Triple H's music hit, and then he would, just walks would, and stare down, and then. Boom, it goes off. That would be... I'm going to tell you something oh. right now. I will strip butt naked <laughs> in the middle <laughs> of the air. Because listen, I, let me tell you why. Butt naked and just run around, get arrested, miss next week's pod. No, you won't. <laughs> get get bailed out by Brian, then make the pod. Yeah. <laughs> but no, then, listen. I, like, I, I listen, that's I'm, attitude era esque. <laughs> no, I got. They want listen. The, the, the marks want it back, baby. I got to bring that attitude era swag back. So you got to strip butt naked. But I got to. I got to do like what the uh, was it uh, the wet t shirt thing. I got to do that. <laughs> we got, Why am I picturing Jerry Lawler screams in the background? <laughs> Kitties, it's a Kitties. Puppies. 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 I'm like, yeah, Jerry. It's better when you're talking about men like this because the stuff you were doing about the women was just was I frown upon thee. But listen, listen. This is what I'm trying. This is what I'm trying to say, though. Listen, for for every for all intents and purposes, I'm asking you guys. I implore you, WWE. I implore you. Don't do anything too dope Monday because I have to fly back. We're flying back a day early, which I'm fine with doing, by the way. I get my butt back home, but don't do anything cool because I'd be right in Texas and then I'd be, don't do it. Listen, can you please just have a very uneventful Monday? Thank you very much. Please and thanks. That's all I'm asking for. Don't do anything dope. But Evan, it's the biggest role of the year. You said we don't do anything. I was like, yeah, I know. I probably jinxed it, but don't do anything stupid. They have Tony Khan backstage. They're like, yeah, oh. we were going to announce the AEW merger, but Bruh. Evan asked us to wait until next week. <laughs> I, I, I implore you. I got a big announcement. Oh my God. I'll be so, I will be devastated, man. Not, not anything cool, too cool. Veer's coming. But man, Say it again. Veer's coming. Veer's. It was at this point where He's got I a date. You, he has it a was date. At the, it was at this point where I wanted you to put the transition in the, the spot. Was that Spotify transition? Y'all throw on the podcast? Put that transition <laughs> in. Right <laughs> when you said it. Wow. <laughs> I don't know. I dominate. I'm tall. I go, yeah, okay, cool, bro. 
It's like Braun Strowman, you know? Yeah, but this like, this yeah. you know, this one thing is bothering me. Stop trying to make a joke out of this dude like coming, like y'all gonna give this dude love a push. He's gonna get out there and it's gonna be like, and then the crowd's gonna be like, cool. How have they not talked about he's the million dollar arm guy? How do they not talk about it? There's a Disney movie made about his life and they never bring it up. Which is huge, by the way. I can't I can't believe that that that, that is the most unbelievable thing like about that, him. Yeah, they've <laughs> let's made. Just, let's just gloss. Let's just gloss over. <laughs> let's just for, let, let's make people forget about the fact that he had a life that they built a Disney movie around. And they, I don't give a damn who you are. Do you make a Disney movie about you? You special. They, they are. Yeah, I don't. Get I'm not why. even being funny. <laughs> like, could you imagine they get the guy from like the Blind Side and they're like, oh, by the way, we're not going to let anyone know that you used to be an athlete and they to, made a movie about you. As a monster, Jack. I go, yeah, I know, but that's really cool, though. That's a cool little nugget. But it's I, something you should throw around. I, I mean, put it out. I'm there. fine with it. I'm totally fine with it. <laughs> no, oh, is that goofy? <laughs> Did the goofy okay. just fall no, off a cliff? Yeah, I'm fine with it. I'm fine with it. Like, I'm fine with it. like yo, you can't even tell me you're gonna like destroy my heroes and be like, by the way, check out my life story. Like, oh, okay. Disney right. Plus. I'm with you. I'm with, that's a good argument. <laughs> that's you, the bro. the point. You should have more than just being. I'm gonna destroy your heroes if you're the kind of person that lived a life. That got a Disney movie made about That's you. his character. You can't do that. I mean, look, if, if I got profiled at BCAT Brooklyn Community Access Television, I can't be like, yo, 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 you can't build me from New Jersey, bro. Like, it doesn't, doesn't make any sense. That, those aren't the same. Those aren't the same. A oh, Disney movie good, is not the now. same thing as being on some radio station or TV station. Look, okay, where you at? Like, that, this example. is big. They had the guy from Mad Men in the movie. It was like a big movie. If you use your blindside example, I, how can I take anyone seriously to go to Icy Tyler who hooked up, who hanged out with Sandra Bullock? I just don't see it, bro. Oh, that's like, that's I, my reason. I'm, I'm not saying. Don't, don't, don't don't he's a, he's a football player. Gable Stevenson. Gable Stevenson is literally just an athlete. But this is what Veer was, except he was the kind of athlete that a Disney movie made but about him and they're saying forget about it. Here's my million dollar arm. So he didn't good. do well in baseball. He got there. He got to the show, but he, it was a couple of appearances and he fizzled that's, out. That's probably the biggest that, reason that's why. That's the part you it don't bring up. It isn't Gabe Stevens to do one championships. This that's is probably like somebody what it is. Went, that's probably what it is, Philip. That's probably to your better point. That's probably why they don't talk about it. You're right. It, it's not, it's not, he didn't have a massive success. They, they, he has a movie made after, but at the end of the day, you know what I mean? It was, it was, like, it was like Rudy. Rudy did really well for that <laughs> moment, but he didn't do a damn thing. You think if Rudy went to the WWE, they wouldn't mention that no, he was Rudy? I don't think so. Seriously. Oh, I no, mean, because I know what Phobos fault. Phobos right about like I get like the kind of they they that's how they are. If you kind of fizzle out a little bit, like you know, that's why they don't mention Riddle's UFC career or 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 uh, Shayna's. You know what I mean? Because they didn't do as well. <laughs> they they're like they're like MMA background. You know you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm like generic background. I'm like they actually made it to a very high level. I don't care if they got beat up. That's a tough sport. Yeah, absolutely. But I, I think that I think that's a good argument though, Phobos, probably why they don't because he didn't. He didn't, he didn't I don't win a think World Series average, striking out somebody. <laughs> I, I don't think the average person cares. I mean... I don't. I, I think that if you say you got a guy... Because I don't think most people now know there's a Disney movie made about this guy. He is just the guy that has been coming for six months or whatever it is. But he's someone... I, I don't know. I think it's a big miss. And if you're boiling down a guy who had the kind of life that they made a movie about, whether it turned out great or not, if you're boiling him down to, I'm a big guy that is going to crush your heroes... <laughs> then I feel like you're missing a very big part of who he is. It's mentioned in his bio, but you're right. Not everyone's on Twitter. Yeah. I, I'm not, you know, either way. He's I, coming. Either way, I'm like, whatever, dude. But anyway, speaking <laughs> of somebody who's coming, 
Speaking of somebody who stole the show, speaking of somebody that does what he does, speaking of somebody that validated every single reason why he did not jump ship to the competitor is the great Kevin Owens. He's showing everybody why. Week after week, why he chose to stay just for his own reasons. Because he put on a spectacular display to open <laughs> Monday Night Raw. Because everybody out there, he was so great. He had people thinking Stone Cold was coming out twice. Not once, but twice was Stone Cold Steve Austin coming out, but it was just KO with a ball cap that y'all should have hired my wife for because she could have did it much better. So whoever was in the back over here lollygagging on the bald cap, <laughs> you should have called wifey because it would have looked seamless. It would have woven into this dude's flesh like the symbiote. It would have looked like he would have just woven into his body. But that's okay. You're absolutely right, Chocolate Stardust. <laughs> you see this? She did this in 10 minutes. What the hell you think she could do with a latex ball cap? Y'all didn't try? Y'all didn't care? I actually thought this was Cody when we first signed on. I was like, did That's we get an exclusive? It was. That's It was Cody with a tan. But <laughs> Kevin Owens comes out and he cuts a great promo. He does all these little things um, at the end, even when he stunned Homeboy. He did one of my favorite things Stone Cold does after he stunned people when he jump up in the face. Never knew what he was saying, but I didn't care i just imagined him saying a whole bunch of expletives he did every single thing because he's a because in all seriousness kevin owens is a student of the game and that's one of his biggest favorite wrestlers of all time and i know this is the most fun he's probably ever had because it's a moment he probably thought he would never have think about that and mm -hmm. just to see what he did in that display and just having fun with everybody being a true heel because he literally has chicago booing him you know what I mean? Yeah. Everyone gets everyone's criticizing the, like fake heels nowadays. Heels are not supposed to be people that people like. And Kevin Owens had everyone in Chicago booing him. And that's very hard to do in this day and age because he's doing something really cool. From a performance standpoint, he knocked it completely out of the park too. Yeah. The fact that I love the way he was able to do like this version of Stone Cold where he was so good at mimicking him, but getting certain things just wrong enough to hate, like dropping the beers yeah, 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 when they were being the thrown to him. That's, that's called nuance. Uh, that's called nuance acting. <laughs> just so, it was so good start to finish. And my favorite part, I think best part of the week so far is when he was doing the what chance at the crowd and showing them how obnoxious and annoying it is to have what said to you. I thought that was just what? absolutely brilliant. What a, what a scumbag. What? <laughs> Great all the way through. This was a really, really well done promo. And Kevin Owens, I think that we've gotten to a point where we underappreciate how good he is on a microphone. We take him like take it, take him for really granted, good. I think. Because he's so good every time. But when we talk about best mic people, for some reason, we're not bringing his name up when, when he comes out there. Should. Not as much as they should. You're right. Uh, yeah, especially because he's able to do it without the best win-loss record. I always say when you're undefeated for three years, it's easy to be good on a microphone. But when you have a, a rough win-loss record and are mm. still able to sell me on time make on the it, mic, me you're believe. very good. And he's, this was an incredible, incredible display today or uh, on Raw this week. You know what? Oh, go ahead, football. I'm sorry. It's just hard to have those like solo fuse. I'm going back to like Taker Cena or yeah. Miz Cena. You know, those are always hard. But for some reason, Kevin <laughs> Kevin always makes it feels like Stone Cold's in the ring. You know, he's not, which yeah, says yeah, a lot yeah. about his, his skill. Is this KO Mania six, Brian, or, or five, seven? I'm not sure which KO it is, but this maybe is like best going into. It, I think. Oh, yeah. that's strong too, and I like mm -hmm. I like that. That's a good take uh, as far as being the strongest he's ever been going into a KO Mania. And, and you're right though. Um, Paul Heyman did it pretty well. 
you, you know him when he was when he was um when he was um was it was it Brock that wasn't showing up from weeks for mm-hmm. certain weeks. So Paul Heyman had to come out and cut promos and make you invested in the oh yeah the Brock Undertaker. Mm-hmm. You, you know, you know he, had, you, he had to make you invested in that. So you're you're right to, to KO's point. KO has to sell this whatever this is. They keep saying it's a KO mm-hmm. show. So KO has to come out and he has to show people. But Evan, they're already invested. Nah, you know because no, he has to make people excited about something that might be a talk show. And it is six. KO six. Um, six. You, you were right, Flo. Like it was. It was. Shout out to B- BH Waters for putting that down. Um, but, but you know what I mean. He has to come out and make people viable. But it's it's awesome. It's going to sell itself. No, if it's just a talk show, it won't. He has to make people kind of convince people that it might not be or it could be something else or it could turn into a match. And Kevin Owens has to go out there on an island and keep doing it. And he has one more week to do it as well. So, so that, that was the last thing. What, what is he going to do this week? But you know, this, this, week, this week coming up. That's, so that's, that's what I'm excited to see. The week of WrestleMania, what's he going to do? I, I also hate that, by the way, real quick, uh, mm-hmm. the it'll sell itself thing. Because the people who say, oh, it'll sell itself are also the first people to say, I'm not really that invested in this uh, mm. when it, when they don't get it. So I hate that it sells itself thing. It goes with the people who say they don't need the title. Put them all in the mm. same bucket. Oh, put them in the box. Mm-hmm. This makes it feel like WrestleMania season, right? When he walked out there, you know, when you le- look at Raw's leading up to Mania, it just has a certain feel to it. It's like I always call it, it's the anticipation of the holiday season when you want to get that <laughs> one gift, right? So yeah, you yeah. every day you see all the decorations leading up to it. You start to see the Christmas tree boxes start to fill up with wrap gifts. That's what this feels like. Kevin Owens coming out there doing what he's doing. You know, last week during 316 Day, you saw the promo where he like mimicked it where they, you know, cut the Austin's version and his version. Like you said uh, at the beginning of the segment, Evan, he's having the most fun. That alone may worth no signing on the dotted line to stay in WWE. Like, yeah, the young bucks are his friends, but to be able to take care of your family, live your dreams, make a lot of money and get to be in the same ring with your favorite of all time, somebody that you are one in few who loved the ringmaster, that right there lets you know this was worth it for him. Like that that's literally dreams, that's dreams come true. And in, in, in all seriousness, I can say this with um confidence. He might be the last person to ever collar and elbow a Stone Goes E Boston. Mm. At, ever. I thought that already happened. So exactly, if this exactly. is happening then. Exactly. This is- so for, for Kevin Owens to have that on his resume to, to potentially I don't care what this is. If they have a moment where he takes a stunner from his favorite wrestler ever, I mean, that, that's beautiful stuff, man. That, to me, is what makes pro wrestling great. I don't give a damn what promotion you watch or you care about. That's what makes pro wrestling great. For, for goodness sakes, like, what's going on? It's going on in Connecticut in a few weeks. Like, I never thought I'd see Enzo and Cass versus the Hardy Boys. Are you kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> what the? What? Yeah. That is met. That, people don't understand. As much as I love movies, movies don't give you what, like, performance art like that does. Like, that's crazy. You might not ever see that again. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, like, and that's going to be, like, probably, like, in a little, like, a, in a damn near in a room somewhere. You know what I mean? So, like, yeah. I'm excited to see what um, Kevin Owens does with Stone Cold. Just when the music hits and Stone Cold runs out and does what he does. And I know it probably means a lot to him. And I know he's probably busting his ass to get in shape and to, to be, to whatever this might be. You know what I mean? Because let, let's be honest, in you don't Texas. want to come out the grandest stage. Yeah, come on now, man. This, this is where it makes the I'm, most sense, too. Because, I mean, this could happen anywhere, but this is that little bit of icing on the cake. You know, we would have been happy if this took place in um, Chicago or it took place in North Dakota because it's Kevin Owens and Stone Cold. But now defending his state of Texas? Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, with you, I'm with you, brother.
This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED highlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Yeah. But yet, yeah, speaking of icing on the cake, there's something we haven't done in a while, you know, and I'm trying to cue it up. And <clears throat> I do, when I talk real subtle, when I talk real low, it's just giving me, it's giving me time for Flowboy to get his, his bearings, you know what I mean? Because okay. I'm kind of rude when I just spring it upon him. So I want y'all to know, this whole time I do all this subtle talking, it's to see if he can just get the clicks and minimize and maximize his screen. And so we can set up <laughs> below. <laughs> Appreciation. behind the curtain. I'm going to take it back to 2000 when D'Lo Brown was in the top form, looking svelte and strong, but one of the most underrated tag teams of the era. I'm talking about low down. D'Lo Brown and Chaz were just the pinnacle of the C and D programming. And WWF, I'm talking about Jacked Metal, uh, some of the, the Sunday Night Heat. They actually challenged for the tag team championships twice, once against the Dudleys and once against the Hardys. But the most important thing, the reason why I want to appreciate this, is very important time in D'Lo's career. See, before that time, he was rocking the chest plate because of the in-storyline chest injury or the pec injury. But frankly, it's because like me growing up, he was a little bit self-conscious up top. And I remember Chaz pulling him aside, saying, hey, look, man, you've earned it. You worked hard at gym. You don't have it. So that's actually one of the few times in Dilo's career where he's actually top list. And having a lot of these tandem offenses, these crisp offenses, putting his whole body on display is why I appreciate the tag team. But I just want to say this. Even though they did end up fizzling out after teaming with Tiger Ali Singh, I don't mention that. <laughs> what I do mention is that finishing move, that superplex from Chaz into that low down from D'Lo. Mm. Talk about a super group from the Headbangers to Nation Domination low down. You are this part of D'Lo's appreciation. D'Lo appreciation presented by hopefully somebody one day soon. <laughs> hopefully by... D'Lo, man. Come on the show, brother. Hey, let me tell you something. Let me... for months. That, that <laughs> let was a... That, let me tell you that, something, D'Lo. I know you're going to be down in, uh, down in uh, Texas. What the hell's your problem? Why don't you come on the show? Why don't you stop playing? Why don't you come on and get appreciated in person? Live and in color, brother. <laughs> Hearing that name by the, that, that team did just like send me back mentally right to that era in it pro really wrestling. Did. No, it really did. Just That's why I imagine them together. It's I was like, so oh true. my God. I was like, yo, did he say Tiger Ali Singh? <laughs> You gotta love, you gotta love that though. You seriously do. Yeah. I, I appreciate you, flowbeetle.com. And that thing, speaking of Texas, that kind of got me thinking. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, yeah, we, just for time purposes, I'll just get to my three fellas, man. I, I'll worry about me later. Um, I wanted to get what you guys were most excited about when it comes to WrestleMania, just the, the experience in general. Uh, B Waters, I wanted to start with you. It could be anything, brother, about WrestleMania weekend. It could be about the damn other people that's gonna be around in Texas. Ooh. You know what I mean? The other promotions gonna be down. There's gonna be a whole bunch of things going on. What you most excited about for WrestleMania weekend? Man, just the, the camaraderie, man. I mean, when you think about the fact that the four of us, I know y'all was together um, a few weeks ago, weeks ago, but 
I'm going to be around y'all and be around the wrestling community, the wrestling family. This business has, um, while I took a lot of bumps and bruises for loving this business so much when I was Mm. a child. And, Mm. you know, I've been very open about that. Some people say I speak about it too much, but, you know, it was a part of my childhood. You know, I, I took a lot of bumps and bruises, but it's all worth it because I've found people that love it just as much as I do. So to be surrounded by the community and to see us be surrounded by the community and to be able to have the privilege to do what we do, that's what I'm most excited about. You know, there's nothing, nobody back. No, people going to talk about the card and stuff, but I'm like, you say what you want. I, it, it look, it's a good card, look, good looking card to me. But the fact that we're all going to be there, that's what I'm most yep. excited about. Jack, how the hell are you gonna follow up that sentimental stuff? Yeah, what the I hell? mean, yeah, no, you're you hit the nail on the head. Being Truly. It, by the way, anyone whenever you're in a big city for a big event like this, and the whole city is wrapped around it, and this thing that you're a fan of, it's such a fun experience to be a part of. But but the big thing, just in general, this is my first WrestleMania live. This will be my first time there. And what you guys are gonna see, by the way, is I am someone who gets totally wrapped up in the crowd. So I am someone who, I'm going to lose it every time someone comes out. I'm going to lose it every, whoever the crowd is cheering for, even if I like or hate them, whatever, I'm going with the crowd. I'm just that guy. I'm going to get caught up in it. I'm going to be doing everything. I'm super excited for that. And as a fan of of WrestleMania, to, to narrow it down into one specific thing, I am a big fan of the great entrances. And I cannot yes. wait to see these entrances happen live i have a feeling roman reigns is going to have the entrance of the night i got a feeling that he's going to have some kind of big display coming out oh wouldn't surprise me if uh charlotte flair had a big one as well i think those are the two that are going to really steal the show of course if cody Rhodes shows up i think he's going to have a magnificent cody Rhodes wrestlemania return style Stop. entrance yeah. that his his cape's gonna go down the the entire length of the ramp. It's gonna be great. I think it's gonna be just super fun. I think the entrances, and I'm calling it now. I think Roman Reigns has entrance of the night of the show. Lobito.com. Kind of in unison with the event aspect of it. I mean, Thanks. we I've I had the pleasure of being cashes in, in the flesh, but everyone else at Spotify I have not met yet. I don't think they know I even show up to work every week. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it'll be kind of cool to meet them and uh, oh, they and, know. Okay, no. Oh, dang. Uh, yeah, bro, it's just like that, bro. <laughs> yeah, my first Wally Mania. I mean, I heard big things about Wally Mania, so I'll be able to at least either get to go or, or be next door and look through the That'd window nice. with nose against the press. It'd be kind of cool. But the match I'm looking for is hopefully the phenomenal one. AJ Styles finally shutting up Mr. Blue Light Special himself. Uh, I can't wait. AJ Styles, bomber strength. The Blue Light Special. Yo, and I don't ever, ever, ever want to discount the ladies and what they're going to put down. Bianca Belair has a chance to do the unthinkable. Walking out WrestleMania two years in a row as champion. And for the sake of everybody on planet Earth, I hope she does just that. Yes, me too. (sighs) 
Oh, like, listen, so Brian Waters is <laughs> talking about the wrestling, the wrestling community. What the hell are you talking about? Meg, you said Megan Thee Stallion? Like, like D Megan Thee Stallion? You talking about the, the thick Megan Thee Stallion? Who are you talking about right now? What? I ain't say you had to say it on air, but us. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, listen, I, listen I'm, I'm the person. I'm, it's at the end of Wizard of Oz when they find out ain't nothing going on but a short guy with a megaphone. <laughs> 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 no, but you know, the, the, the ladies around the show I don't want to miss out. anything. Put it the, over, brother. The, the, the ladies in the uh, wrestling community they are ready I'm to excited, show I'm excited out. about that. Yeah. I'm excited about I'm excited about yeah. all the ladies in the rest community that that come out and hold down not not just the women but this, but the men as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to I don't want to ever like gloss gloss over the, that that you know what I mean. That's the thing it, though, like you know I mean yeah. you obviously know because you know your wife is a huge wrestling fan as well. But they you're starting to see a lot of ladies be more unapologetic wrestling fans. You know when we was in school, which I like, which I you might have one or two. But now you're starting to see it more. And dare say, no, I ain't going to dare say it. I'm going to say what it is. They're intelligent with their, you know, it's not just, oh, I just like him because he's cute. You know, you know they, how they had, like. They had to be. They, they had to be, though, Beat Waters. They had, they had, to, they had to evolve and, and because the, the community can weed out people like that. So mm-hmm. to, to, to the ladies that are in the industry and the wrestling community that are, that are doing well and progressing, they're progressing because anybody that tries to challenge them and challenge their, their, their intelligence or their knowledge, they're able to, 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 to hit you with a match that they've watched or that person that they've covered for years and years and years. So it's harder and harder nowadays to try to get a girl that's like, oh, I like him because he looks good out with his shirt off. Those, those days are over. Yeah, these, mm-hmm. these, these, these women out of here that are legitimate journalists that are re- legitimately reporting on things like that um, yeah they're here to stay guys so you know listen listen we, damn, we didn't get paid to say that that was, that was out of love that welcome love with right open there, arms man. that's what we do that here was at Mac Mania right mm-hmm. that was mm-hmm. love oh yeah but before we get up out of here we got a couple things to get to man we going on a, we going on a rant but like, listen I appreciate what y'all said though mm. about the mania and the events and literally just um, seeing you guys and spending time with you guys would be a, would be a joy of mine um yeah, seriously, breaking bread with you guys would probably be the highlight of my weekend because it'd be uh, just a beautiful thing because y'all get to see me talk my ish in person, you know, and that's always fun to do. <laughs> Hopefully, I get a couple of adult beverages. Yeah, we inviting, uh, we inviting Edge. Um, listen, no, Edge, not, Edge, yeah. Edge is coming to my ten year anniversary, baby. Oh, dang, you ain't inviting Flo right. Beto then. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, what you mean, you MC, you a Jack MC? <laughs> <laughs> you can't put Edge in the same edge, and Edge is gonna drums. sit next to Flo though. <laughs> no, so Brian's gonna play drums. Jack and uh, Flo Beto going MC, no. and Edge is gonna be the the man of honor. You know what I mean? I'm gonna be like, you know, sorry, Heidi, it's his anniversary, not mine. <laughs> he's the, he's the, put him on the stage. Just don't invite Batista. <laughs> <laughs> Everything. <laughs> Yeah. It's because every like line it. of that song has like like a special character in it. Like the way he says every yeah, yeah, word. Yeah, yeah. Every yeah, word has yeah. its own personality. There's different inflections of everything, though. Oh, oh, oh real quick. Shout out to <laughs> Trish Stratus. Oh, Trish Stratus oh, shared the oh, show. Cry, oh, let's crop, oh, let's crop it. Let's crop it out. Listen, you listen. Trish know how I feel about Trish. Trish knows she was the number one wrestling crush. My wife had to blow my spot up and let her know that in front of her face. And she just looked at her and she was like, Oh, thanks. And I was like right there and my chocolate face was blushing. Yeah, black people can blush. Damn it. it it's true. Happen. It's true. And um, Trish Stratus knows how much I love her. Um, and um, we, we need to get her on the show so I can talk about how much I love her because um, trust me, I'm not even gonna lie to you. She literally has an aura. Anybody that's met Trish in real life, there is an actual or real glow. So, Trish Stratus, shout out to y'all. For, shout out to you for up the podcast, doing a little watch this, listen to this. Kind of made a brother think you listened to the whole podcast because you wasn't just putting an endorsement on something you didn't listen to. So I'm going to go on the limb and say, you listen to that last episode. That's why you bring on the guests. That's why you bring on the guests. 
Who's so just going to listen to Ms. this Renee out of context? I'm like, stratified. Oh, no, he's crapping out. I'm stratified already. <laughs> farmer's market. Put the day. Do the farmer's market, man, before I get canceled. <laughs> Yeah, so before we get canceled, we're going to talk about the farmer's market. So before we get canceled. We have the farmer's market brought to you by, I don't know, hopefully someone with a lot of oh, money. But what's the, happening? It's the happening. farmer's market, this is where we treat a wrestler like a stock. And I picked someone who I think you need to buy now because I think their stock's going to go up. It's WrestleMania season, and that means there are a lot of potential buys right now. A rising tide rises all shipped. And guess what? There's also a lot of debuts in AEW. Lots of good stuff to pick from, but I'm looking for someone who isn't going to just get that little pop of growth right now through this season. I want to pick someone who's going to have continued growth and continued success and who's doing something right now that is going to improve them down the line. And I am picking the Street Profits. And the reason Ooh. I am picking the Street Profits is over the past few weeks, they have been a little bit more bloodthirsty, a little bit more aggressive, and they're reminding us all what is important in pro wrestling, and that is winning championships. I have a feeling that regardless of what happens at WrestleMania, this new, more aggressive personality they seem to be bringing is going to carry them through into the summer and in WWE, typically, the people who are more aggressive, the people who are on the dark side of the tracks, they're the ones that <laughs> tend to do well in the WWE. Outside of uh, Billy Goat Cena, you'll notice that the, the guys Old that uh, Billy Goat's gruff. The, guy, the guys that play a little Stop. fast and loose with the rules, they're the ones that tend to be most successful. So right now, I say buy the Street Profits. Yep, you know me. Um, I have zero objectivity with Angelo Dawkins and Montez Ford. Um, and, and you know what? A man of integrity can say he has zero objectivity. And I'm a man of integrity. I have zero objectivity. So bye, 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 bye. What if they get new One Piece uh, wrestling gear? Bye, 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 bye. <laughs> I'm, I'm objective. I've, I've never met two brothers that I love more as far as like barely knowing them. You know what I mean? So like I have zero objectivity. This guy, Plus, I'm objective, but I'm, I'm easily influenced. Which one is oh, it? Oh, no. I say no. When I know I, I'm objective when it comes to certain things. But when I have no objectivity, I will say I have zero objectivity. Zero. Like, with Le, like, like I, I just don't. I don't have objectivity with Steven Spielberg being the greatest director of all time. I don't got objectivity when it comes to Street Profits, man. I'm sorry. What y'all want me to say, man? What y'all want me to say? I don't got objectivity when it comes to um Trish Stratus coming on the show. Come on the show, Trish. We need you. We need You're you saying the that they Move bring the, the needle, swag baby. like nobody can. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be bouncing like crazy that song at WrestleMania. By stock the way. Before I have Brian crop you out of like the, the, the four box. Well, yeah, on, on probably. The but no, I, I would. Oh, I am torn. I am torn about the Street Profits because I do think that is and Brulia. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, I still play that song in the That's car. That's a bag of cool I, Yeah, and I'm from Brooklyn. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> uh, wow, that's a classic. Uh, actually, it's a cover song. Uh, I wanna, it's okay, a banger. I'm going to say buy, but I'm, I'm going to buy very little. And the reason being is not the straight profits. I know they can only go up, but they're already at the top. I, near the top of that raw division, is how much further they can go than Facts. getting the title. So I'm going to say I'm going to small buy a little bit. I like that little buy, little buy. Yeah. Brian Waters buy sell. I'm buying all the way. I love it. I've been saying it too. This is how you got to be to go to the next level, and we've seen them evolve. So, as always, I put my trust in Jack, and I'm buying. Ugh. Oh well, in that case, yeah, good I'm, good I'm, good I'm, good I'm good. getting the right way. I'm just saying. 
You know uh, what? And so that's, did that's, Street that's, Profits. That's debatable. And if you think that, you know, and, I, and I told you, I lied. I want all the smoke. WrestleMania weekend, I'm asking every person within an earshot of that oh, damn boy. And I will win before Monday. I'm decreeing. But listen, before we get up out of here, listen, I got to do it. I got to give her her flowers. But I want everybody to know this is, once again, one of my favorite segments in the world. Flobo coming in hot with two segments. Coming in hot and heavy. It's called Flow Beat Toes Boo Thang of the Week. Flow Beat Toes Boo Thang of the Week. Boo Thang of the Week putting a spotlight on female competitors in the squared circle. And really, it's only been one person this week. The mm. Thunder Rosa mm. talking about that AEW Women's Championship, St. Patrick's Day Slam, Cage, Blood, a title reign that was in jeopardy. DMD was pretty much favored to retain if you lived outside of Pittsburgh. The story was different. Thunder Rosa came in and made it happen in front of her hometown fans of San Antonio. And people were just giving all that love and adoration. She's so earned and so deserved. About a year removed, if not almost a year removed from that Lights Out match, Thunder Rosa is on top of the AEW women's division with a brand new belt to match. That's why she's this week's Booting of the Week. Years and years and years and years ago, Miss TK Trinidad brought her on a podcast when we were at After Buzz TV. And I was like, who is this young lady? She said, it's Thunder Rosa. We had a great interview with Thunder Rosa. Thunder Rosa, I said, is going to be a star. I didn't know how much of a star. I just know she was She was, She was. was sweet. She was sensible. She was hardworking. She was fearless. She had all these things. She had all the right tools. She knew the business. And I was like, one day she will be on top of something. Never knew, fast forward to time, she is the AEW Women's Champion. And it is a beautiful thing to watch someone of that caliber, someone that humble, someone that generous, someone that runs the show down south to be champion. And she will be a gracious champion. She will be a great champion. Shout out to Thunder Rosa. Yeah. Um, I think that's it for us. The show, I think the show's over. I don't want Brian being like, we all, we over time. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we running out of real estate. We got to get up out of here. Yo, listen, yeah, guys, next time you hear us, we'll be on a Wednesday because we'll be flying on Tuesday, but we're going to bring you a special Mac Mania podcast with five W's on Wednesday. And I don't know who it's going to be, but hopefully it's somebody spicy. And if we find out beforehand, maybe we can kick you guys on the, like the internet some questions and y'all can maybe get a couple of your questions in because I think it's going to be somebody really dope. So yeah, guys. Um, yeah, Wednesday, 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 Mac Mania Podcast. Ain't Bad Times, Ain't Bad Channel, I believe. Um, yeah, I think yeah, I think, I think it's over. Brian Waters, I'm, I'm, I know, do your thing. Push the buttons and make it sound good, brother. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll sacrifice. Cool. I got to set up the, I gotta set up the <laughs> mic interview. I got to set up the mic interview. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh, God, crap. All right, let me start it over then. Hold on. Where, where, where did I say? Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, we had a, there's a there's a break there. Hold on. <laughs> like I said, um, uh, yeah, uh, flowbeetle.com. Appreciate you for this week's booth thing of the week, man. Shout out to Thunder Rosa. Uh, will be a very, very, very um comparable champion to Miss DMD. Um, but before we uh, kick it to the Micah Brown interview, guys, I wanted to just get your real quick thoughts. Maybe I'll just kick it to Brian real quick. What are you, what, what episode of WWE Evil are you most excited to see? Which wrestler? Which um which persona are you excited to see the most? I'm excited to see the first one, Hollywood Hogan. You know, I'm excited to see how they tell this story. We've always seen the documentaries on Hulk Hogan, Hulkamaniac, and they'll throw the story of Hollywood Hogan in. But to see one primarily focused on Hollywood Hogan, this is the one I'm most excited about. Yeah, guys, so that interview with Micah Brown, WWE Evil director, uh, show's dropping on Thursday. So I'm really, really, really excited to see how, what it's going to be and, and how he changed the game and how he brings it to a different flavor to the documentary world. So enjoy this interview with the great Michael Brown.
Yes, my people, my faithful and loyal listeners, your humble narrator Evan Mack here with Flobo Boys, Real Jack Farmer, and Chocolate Captain Planet Brian H. Waters here to bring another incredible interview. The director of WWE Evil, the incomparable, the talented Mr. Michael Brown. What's going on, brother? What's up, guys? Thanks for having me. This is an honor. Oh, well, the, the honor's all mine. Oh, first, let me tell you that we are we are recording you just in case you want to do something crazy. We probably going to use your 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 beautiful face for social content. So I want to put this on right now and get your I permission if you just is it we cool? Is it all right? I got you. You're good. You're you got good. a reputation to be the most handsome yeah. podcast out there. So glad you're here today. That means a lot right. to us. Yeah, you're gonna you're definitely gonna help today. the average. <laughs> I don't, I don't look like Jack, but I got a fresh cut. Who does? Who does? Yeah, who no does, man? No. Jack, no, you're rounding things out. This is perfect. This is a great looking group of people we have here. But I do got to say, uh, Evan, great job waiting till we're on and then telling him that we're going to need his permission. I got him. I got him in there. Hey, this is like when you're on those zip lines in like Costa Rica and you're like hanging on. And they're like, hey, by the way, we need you to sign a waiver as you're going <laughs> right. I'll do it later. That's, yeah, that's, my, that's my new tactic when we bring people on. After we start and we get them comfortable, like we're recording you right now. <laughs> yeah, Micah. Uh, no, go, go, I, I got to ask, Micah, just I guess before we get going, how does it feel for you to be on the other side of the camera? You're the one getting asked the questions Ooh. now. Oh, man. It's, it's, you know, it's a little different. I'm not quite as like seasoned as you guys, you know, and being in front of it, but you know, I'm doing my best. I love doing it. I love talking to good people. Before, before we get this thing off and running, Mr. Brown, I want to give you my thanks. I don't know how the hell it happened, but uh, for being a part of this uh, project for any, any form of capacity, I had a blast just talking about people that I really like. So um, thanks for giving me the opportunity and the platform to just run my mouth. Oh, absolutely. You guys did your thing. So I'm pumped about it. So, um, so let's 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 chop it up. Let's chop it up. WWE Evil. What can what can you tell the people? What can they expect? I know there's a couple teasers dropping, and everybody is speculating what's going on. But what can people expect from WWE Evil, sir? Man, this project is something like nothing else, and it really dives into the minds of the bad guys and kind of the duality that exists between the performer and the character and the psychology behind all of it and how it connects to pop culture and, you know, what is going on at the time and how maybe that would influence the character. And so it's kind of a really unique look at, uh, at the bad guys as told by arguably the greatest good guy, John Cena. So oh, yeah, I, you speak, yeah, you speaking about John Cena, too. I just, I before Jack jumps in, I just, did you get to bask in his presence at all? That's my favorite of all time. <laughs> did you get to drink him in? Was it, was it all remote? Did you at least get to be around his aura? Did you get to sample his essence, Michael Brown? <laughs> you know, he is, he is a busy guy. So we were able to uh, jump on some of the Zooms and talk through kind of what his vision was, what my vision was, make sure we were still aligned on all those things. And uh, man, great guy. Very, very smart. I think people really underestimate and I think it shows through his work, you know, mm. how great of an artist he is and how truly genius he is and how much he understands and is obsessed with the psychology of wrestling. And uh, I mean, it shows in his movies. He understands characters. He understands what it takes as a performer to put something together. And I think that, you know, having a guy like that take a look at uh, the evil side of things is just a really interesting take. Nope. It's my hope that he was wearing the peacemaker helmet every time you guys. Yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't wear that all the time, like an eagle sitting there. Right. I, I just hope that that's just how he lives his life now. But you talk about this is a, a show, WWE Evil. It's going to talk about the villains and focus on the villains. I was 
curious as a director, what is it like telling a story that isn't about the hero, that is about a villain? I imagine it's got to be a little different than your typical three-act story, even a documentary, but a villain's got to have a, a different, few different twists to it. It must be a little more challenging. Yeah, you know, I think what drew me to this project was really that um, when you watch movies, it seems that the villains are usually the most interesting because they have a lot to change. They could change, you know, and there is that threat of um, what are they going to do next? And so to me, you know, when you're examining all that stuff and you're examining what is happening in society that kind of connects this and how is that play a role in what we consider a bad guy, you know, there's a lot of nuance. You know, some things were a lot more straightforward back then. And now there's this gray area. You can look at a character like Roman Reigns, you know, and he says, you know, I'm not uh, a good guy, a bad guy. I'm a great guy, you know? <laughs> and so he's, you've got this kind of guy that's kind of changed in this different way. We expect a lot more. We have shows like Breaking Bad where we have these anti-heroes and we root for them, even though they're doing terrible things. And so I think for me as a storyteller, it was fun to be able to deal with complexity that was a little less than straightforward. Yeah. Uh, when I dabbled in documentary filmmaking myself, shout out to Chapman University to let me graduate. Uh, I was always impressed or surprised by the subjects. And so you have this show, it's, it's basically it's about the, the antagonists of, of professional wrestling. Was there a bit of a shock to you for those that are themselves turned all the way up versus those that put on a persona versus, you know, like those who live the gimmick, quote unquote, versus those who just say, hey, look, I do that at work. This is how I am in real life. Or was everything pretty much like what you expected? Oh, yeah. I mean, it was it was crazy, especially I think when you talk to like The Undertaker and you talk to Kane, you know, when you talk to Glenn Jacobs and you're, you know, you're talking to him and you're like, what? This guy is the mayor, <laughs> you know, and he's the nicest guy that you could possibly talk to. And you talk to, you know, Mark and these guys are normal guys. And then you see him out there as the Brothers of Destruction. And they're doing all this crazy stuff. And then they're like, oh, yeah, you know, I got that head thing from, uh, you know, my dog. And I was wearing the mask. And you're like, what? Your dog? I thought you got this from, like, the spawn of Satan, not like your dog. You know, so I yeah. think that there is some really interesting stuff. And then you meet a guy like Ric Flair, and Ric Flair is Ric Flair. You know, and so I think that you're kind of like, okay, I, I can get it. And that's the beautiful thing about wrestling, right, in the sports entertainment business is that, Sometimes when that line gets blurred, it mm. is just adds to everything. And so I, I, I think it's really, it was fun for me to be able to pull back the curtain and see it. One of the things people hear about when it comes to like working with, um, you know, like any corporation or anything that people are close to with characters is like, especially with WWE, you know, the, like, how much were you able to do? How much was like, was, how much was like Vince, like helicoptering around being like, you can't, you know what I mean? How much, how much were people, like how much people were floating around saying, yo, Micah, let me tell you something, man, you got to just do it this way and that way. How much autonomy did you have? How much wiggle room did you have? I mean, it's a co-production with the WWE, you know? And so that's, that's the reality of it. And it's no different if you're working with any brand, if you're working with the NFL, if you're working with the UFC, I mean, I've done them all, you know? And so everybody's got their thing that they want to, um, you know, make sure is intact because it's their brand and it's like their moneymaker thing. Yep. But what I will say is working with them in, in a partnership is they were very, very open to pushing the envelope on things that they hadn't done before, hadn't talked about before. 
And um, that made me really excited, you know, and I think a lot of it is trying to look at, well, what is this? You know, what is this series? Is it, is it that if it's a psychology, we got to talk about some psychology stuff. If it's, you know, a little bit biography, we got to talk about some of the things that maybe like help pull out evil. You know, I think if, if you're trying to say, hey, there's a duality between the real person and the character, then sometimes you got to talk about some of that stuff, like with Randy Orton and different people of what are some of those demons that people struggle with? What are some mm. of those pivotal life moments that start shaping that character that they draw from to create this character? And I think what was um, cool for all of us is that we wanted to finally give credit to the performer mm-hmm. and the art of the performance instead of it being like, Oh, you know what? I just put on this like a uh, costume and I run out there and people boo me and they're scared of me. No, that's not it. This is an incredible art form that they are playing off the crowd. They are playing off all of these things to get that response, to get that heat, to get all of that. And we wanted people to see that, Whoa, this is an art form. And this is the a true artist. This isn't just some muscle guy out there wearing a costume. This is these are real actors, if I can call it that, real performers doing a craft. And I think that that's pretty incredible. Great. Was, was there anyone that stood out for you or any aspect of this that really surprised you or you think that viewers will be surprised by what they see with some of these uh, performers, as, especially as opposed to a, a football documentary where it's pretty straightforward or a UFC documentary where it'd be pretty straightforward, obviously wrestling. A lot of different things factor into the stories that are being told. Anything, obviously you don't want to give away, but is there any particular character that you found surprising when you put all this together? Um, I, I think one of the most interesting one is Hollywood Hogan. You know, And I think that a lot of it is there's a lot of stuff between what was going on with you know, uh, the NWO and what was going on with different people coming into the situation that maybe led to the downfall of the NWO, uh, led to, you know, some of Hulk's uh, creative control stuff that has always been speculated, some different things like that, that are kind of being addressed maybe a little bit more directly than it has been in the past. So I think that episode was uh, really cool because I think we were able to pull back some vulnerability uh, from, from Hogan and um, from some other people. And I think that that's a really special one for sure. Great. Walk me through the actual creation of this on a visual standpoint. When you use reference photos, when you try to find a color palette, I know you're working in contended with WWE, but what was the intent going into it? And did you hit your mark? Yeah, yeah. So um, for me, one of the things that we wanted to do was establish a very consistent look. And so um, I'm actually uh, a DP uh, by trade. So before I was a director, I was a DP. So I have a very visual mind. So I kind of had some ideas of like what I wanted to do. I wanted to keep everything kind of dark. I wanted to have uh, three different uh, camera looks from our main subjects. I wanted everything to have this kind of like um, industrial vibe that almost feels like you're in a... Um, well, the light just went out oh, here. The Undertaker. You mentioned his dog, brother. Right that's, that's, that's that social <laughs> clip, bro. I clock that social clip out, lady. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but, you know, I wanted everything to feel like it belonged together because I think sometimes when you walked, watch documentaries, they could feel like a fun house because there's some in somebody's living room, some is wherever. So uh, establishing a consistent tone. Then the next part was cinematic inserts, not recreations, but like, how do we enhance things cinematically that you would typically see through like a true crime series or something like that? 
to add some little bit of environments to make everything feel more cinematic. I think that that was another thing that we wanted to do. Um, our DP, Adam Stone, did an unbelievable job. He comes from a film background. He actually was the DP on a movie called Mud with Matthew McConaughey. That's a great film. Yeah, and he's he's legit. And so, um, you know, he did a great job of kind of making sure that we uh, were in line and making everything as premium as could possibly be. And that was one of Peacock's big mandates. And John Cena's big mandate is that he didn't want it to feel like a documentary that had been cranked out in a month. He wanted to feel premium. He wanted it to feel like something that you would watch on a, um, you know, an HBO or like a Netflix or something like that. And Peacock had that same vision. They want everything they're doing to be premium. And I think that we provided that. Um, you, you spoke on it and you gave some love to your DP and, and it takes a village though, Mr. Brown. So I was curious who else you can name that, that helped put this project together, brother, and, and helped you, um, um, you know, achieve the vision that you were seeking. Well, first of all, the, the production company, Boone and Murray, they're unbelievable. Uh, they do a lot of reality stuff. They do a show in the wrestling world, uh, Ms. and Mrs. Um, and so this was one of their first premium documentary, uh, series that they were going to do. They mainly do a lot of reality stuff, but they wanted to kind of dip their toe into some of this premium documentary stuff. And so they did an unbelievable job. There are countless editors uh, that were able to hop in uh, from Dave Henry to um, Julian Robinson, a bunch of different people with a lot of different experience levels all over the place, all coming together. And like you said, it does take a village and there's no way that, you know, I could have done this um, Steve Zell and Fernaz over at BMP, they're unbelievable. And, um, you know, it, it was a huge blessing to be able to be involved with such a talented group. Mike, Michael Brown, are you, are you, are you happy, man? Are you content in life? Are you good? About <laughs> with your career direct, direct trajectory and all the projects you're working on? How's Michael Brown feeling about life right now? I'm feeling great about life. You know, this, this is, um, this part of life is not my identity. This is what I do. I love being a filmmaker. I want to be a filmmaker ever since I was a little kid. Um, my life, I got three boys, you know, three boys and a wife. You know, we live out here in Kansas, you know, so we have a little house in the country. And I kind of, that is my life, you know, and, and um, going out and doing these projects is just a blessing um, from God to be able to have the opportunity to be able to be blessed with creativity, to be able to work with talented people. And that's fun. And I've loved doing uh, nonfiction documentaries, love doing sports docs. Um, and I continue, uh, want to continue doing that for sure. We'll talk about life and identity. Sorry to cut you off there, Jack. We're talking about you, Second Wind Creative, your production shingle, is an Emmy winner. So should I be acknowledging you like Roman Reigns? Right? When you walk in, there's a different kind of swag, different kind of feeling <laughs> when you have that statuette. No, man. No, 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 no. No music, yeah, no music drop. <laughs> no music drop. No, man. You know, uh, I try to keep things low key and um, I just like working on fun projects with good people. That's that's my heart. You know, as long as I can keep doing that, all else takes care of itself. And, um, you know, I've been able to do that over the last, you know, 15 years or so. And it's been really fun. With things like this, the creative side of things, it's always so difficult to measure success. And obviously you can make something and feel like I like how it looks. I'm proud of it. But now that it's released or it's going to be released into the world, how do you measure its success on Peacock? In the past with shows, you would say, what are the ratings like? Things like that. Is there a way that, is there something you're looking for to know that this show was a success? Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm sure like Peacock from their end, 
they look at it as, you know, probably analytics. I'm sure that there's analytics of, you know, how is it going to track? How is it going to do that? You know, for me as an artist, once you get done with it, it's out of your control. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, Mm -hmm. like, what is my, um, what is a win for me? Am I proud of it? And I can say, yes, I'm extremely proud of it. Why am I proud of it? Because I put in every hour that I could possibly put in. And I know that I gave my very best efforts to tell the story. I'm proud of the bonds that we made with our crew. I'm proud of the people that um, contributed. I'm extremely proud of the final product. And I think the stories are told with justice and not in an authentic way. So to me, that is a win. And, you know, you can never make everybody happy. And that's just the nature of this business. You know, mm-hmm. I think that people are going to really love it. But if people want to, you know, if people don't like it, if people have a certain type of feel about it, that's for them, man. You know, and this, you just can't get caught up in the critics. I played college football. And, you, you know, if you get caught up in what the fans think all the time, you're going to have a long, long life. Man. <laughs> you know, so for me, you know, it's all good. It's all good. We got it done. We got it on time. We got it on budget. And it is, a, it is something I'm extremely proud of. And I hope they do a season two. Oh, shout out to on budget too, by the way. Let's talk about somebody. <laughs> let's talk about somebody getting something on budget. Michael Brown's like, we got that on budget. We ain't cost y'all no extra money. Michael Brown, baby. <laughs> yeah, the budget thing's important, but you mentioned what the fans think. And in total contrast to that, as we said, I'm gonna be on the show. I'm you're gonna see my face on this documentary. I have to ask you, I'm gonna put your feet to the fire, Micah. Feet to the fire. Am I gonna look stupid? <laughs> no, definitely not going to look stupid. The hell you put that one part where you sat down and you were like, wait oh, for no. Mike to look in. Right. Uh, no, that, that's fine, though. We, we tried to do it with everybody, but yours was the only one that made it in. Yeah. You know, so we'll see. <laughs> so, yeah, to piggyback off that, though, Mike, did you, did you capture my chocolateness? Was my chocolateness captured? You know, it's a very. Oh, very... we got you, man. Okay, okay. Oh, we got you. And you had your like Wakanda necklace on. Yeah. <laughs> you were rocking it. It's an Evan necklace now. I associate with him more than actual. We just brought him. We brought him on. We brought him on an interview. Like, yo, how do we look? (laughs) (laughs) What was your favorite part about me? (laughs) (laughs) So, yo, we set him up. We set him up. Yo, we set him up. Yo, be wise. You guys, you're both in it a lot. You know, both in it a lot. You know, so it's gonna be good. Michael, you, you, you got, mentioned baby? that um, there's uh, you're hoping for a season two. And as wrestler fans, I haven't even seen it yet, but I can tell you I'm already hoping for a season two. But I have to ask you this question. If you had a yeah. number one draft pick to do for to be in season two, like the one person that you want on there first, who would it be? Wow. Ooh. Wow. <laughs> Tough question. That's a good one, man. Yeah. Ooh. I mean, Sar- Sergeant Slaughter's pretty good. Oh, yeah. That's a unique too. That's a unique one, too. Yeah. That's a unique one. Um <laughs> Fall in line. That's a unique one. I mean, the rock, yeah. if you could, if you could spin it in some type of way, oh, yeah. you know, the rock would be pretty legit. Yeah. No, I think you'd have to you'd have to spin it in some type of way. You know, I think that if you could did something. You know, Triple H could be good. Uh, Stone yeah. Cold, obviously. Yeah. Like you know, there's a lot of stuff in there that's that's that that would be pretty cool. You know, especially from the uh, you know Generation X, you know yeah. type, yeah. you know angle. I think that's pretty interesting. Has it connects to pop culture and what's going on? I, I with, love your uh, you know, at that time. I love yeah, your Sergeant Slaughter pick yeah. because uh, 
I don't think a lot of the younger generation and fans that are in their 20s, uh, their teens in their 20s who are consuming this content, I don't really think they really understand mm. WrestleMania 7 and everything that went with it. So I think that would be huge. Right. Yeah, you know, uh, unfortunately, you know, Scott Hall was on the list and that would have been... Um, wow. wow, wow, wow. That would have been really that been, Yeah, That would have been big, but, you know... Tough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Mr. Brown, before I get you out of here, we, we typically try to do this. Um, we, we throw Mount Rushmore's um, around a lot. And, and I like to try to put a little twist on Mount Rushmore's, your top four favorite, whatever. And you're a filmmaker, sir. So just for some content and my peace of mind, you got to give me either your four, your four top filmmakers of all time or your four uh, top movies of all time. Top movies. Um, oh, I gotta got be, you. Only four, baby. Only four. <laughs> four. I got them, man. Wow. Raiders of Lost Ark. Yes. Best movie ever. Wow. Uh, yeah. Best movie ever. What? No I just rewatched no that doubt. movie a few weeks ago. It is, Still it is fire. Good. It is fire. No but doubt. It's the best, it, best movie of all time. It's best movie of all time. Raiders of Lost Ark. Um, Indiana Jones is a wild killer, but he, it's a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Fitting for evil. Yeah. Memento. Great good movie. So good. Great film. Mm-hmm. Great movie. Um, I'd say Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Wow. That's a good one. Very yeah. good movie. Yeah. Um, and I would say the last one would probably be, I mean, shoot, you kind of got to put Braveheart up there, right? Wow. Yeah. These are, I mean, you got to set a up there. The thing about the Mount Rushmore, when I ask people, is their personal list? To me, there's no right or wrong answer. It's it's just cool to hear um, how different it is. And it was very different. You went from you went different places. You went Memento with, with the Christopher Nolan action, the Mel Gibson flick, Eternal Sunshine and Spotless Mind, which is very unique and not, not everyone's cup of tea, but it is mm-hmm. really, really brilliantly done. And Raiders of the Lost Ark as the GOAT of films. The GOAT. <laughs> it's the GOAT. It's the GOAT. I think yeah, I watched that movie like 700 times when I was a kid you know and so i think it's a certain type of nostalgia you know that jumps in there for sure it's fun it's funny you say that because i think um steven spielberg is the greatest director of all time um because i think he's multi-purpose i think he can do it all you know what i mean he can do drama he can do war he can do funny he can do crazy he can do action he can he can um he can he listen he can direct me right now and i could probably win an oscar you know and i have no skills <laughs> so, you know, so i think that's you were talking about goat so shout out to anybody that any any steven spielberg projects so i'm all about raiders of the lost Ark. uh michael brown sir um for the people that don't know and didn't see the trailer, how can they see WWE Evil? When can they see WWE Evil? Please put it over, brother, brother. Yeah, WWE Evil comes out on Peacock March 24th. So you can stream all episodes at that time and also be looking out because they're going to be showing some episodes on USA oh. Network. And so that could be pretty cool. Um, they haven't <sighs> said exactly which episodes or when. But be checking for that because um, it's about to go prime time. And Micah Brown, director extraordinaire. Listen, way more handsome than I thought he was going to be. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, didn't see, I, see, I see little tiny pictures on Twitter, but yeah, I didn't know, tiny. you know, the tiny. handsomeness right. podcast continues, Jack Farmer. <laughs> yeah, this is, when we got into this, having a handsome group is what was most important to me. And I'm glad that we've lived up to that. So, Micah, I, I can't uh, t- tell you how much I appreciate you being a good-looking person. Priorities, yeah. Uh, thank my parents. Thank my parents. You know, We're Todd, shallow, baby. Todd We're Brown shallow. Was, uh, they did the thing, you know? Thank you, sir. All right. Thanks, guys. Thank you. All right.